Hello, everybody. I am Peter Travers, and this is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And, well, my guest today, Spike Lee, has a movie. A, there he is, a great movie called The Five Bloods that's been happening since Netflix started showing it back in June. And now it's award season. Award season means we get a chance to look at it again and kind of assess where the, the, the five blood stands in history, you know? Awards themselves, they come and go. But a great movie has lasting value, I believe that. And the five bloods was recently named best picture and Spike best director by the National Board of Review. So they got that right, you know? <laughs> are, you, are you feeling good about that? You know, it's not a bad thing, right? Well, it's not a bad thing, but yesterday I was at, at a very good conversation with Delroy Lindo who put Paul in the film. We were, we were doing another Zoom and he became very reflective and he said to me, Spike, the work is going to stand forever. And uh, I, I, I agree with that. Here's the thing. Everybody would like to win awards acclaim. But we could go way, way back and, and seen many Great, great films oh, that yeah. not, did not receive the accolades when they came out, for whatever reason. So you just got to roll the punches and, and keep going. That's the only way I've been able to to be in my my fourth decade as, as a filmmaker, Peter. You know, is that, you know, they're going to be disappointments. But, you know, you, you pick yourself off the canvas. You put yourself on the ropes. <laughs> you get back and up. You, start, you get back up and you start swinging again, <laughs> and that's that's what's about. And I'm gonna be. I'm gonna give you a, a cinematic moment. You're gonna love this. Really? Oh, one good. of my favorite films ever, written by my guy, my main man, Bud Schilberg, directed by Kazan. If you go the to the end, of, yeah. in the, on the waterfront yeah. after Lee J. Cobb, yeah. Beat the mess out of him, and Carl Malden says, "You got to get up. They're putting money down. You got to make it." And Brando says, "All right." And in comes one of the greatest cues ever, Leonard Bernstein, as Brando is wobbling up the plank. That's what you got to do. You got to pick yourself. You, do. you know, even though you're bloodied, even though you're bloodied. Your head is spinning. In my case, as my mother would say, you got to pick your skinny, rusty butt black <laughs> <laughs> off the canvas. And do it again. And do but, it again. But Spike, and it happened. Punching. Even after people like me, you know, constantly saying this was, you know, I think I, I started at Rolling Stone and there's the first movie I, I named best picture of the year was Do the Right Thing. Okay. So that's 1989. 89. You know? That's a, a while ago where that happened. Now, and we, and it, we don't need to mention which film won. But the fact is, when you finally won that little gold thing right, uh, for Black Klansman, for the script, and you jumped into Sam Jackson's arms, there was a sense of happiness there. There was yeah, a little... That, that, was, that was genuine happiness. Jump, I always thank my brother, Sam, for not dropping me. <laughs> because uh, that was that was spontaneous, and it was a genuine 
moment of joy. What does an award do? What does it do for you as the filmmaker? And what does it do for the movie that you made? Well, it brings a claim to the films. The actors, their price goes up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'll know, happen, yeah. Studios and the ads, a Cabby Award winner. So it's definitely a plus. But as I said before, there are many, many great films, great albums. Did not win a Grammy, films that win an Oscar, plays that didn't win a Tony. And uh, you know, because a lot of times it just comes down to people's taste. Or it's of the moment, because what I was starting to say in the beginning, yeah, yeah, that it's that's good trendy. You know, the one time in my life I was a kid that I met Orson Welles. He said, don't, the worst thing you could be is on a trend. He said, that's, that's not going to last. That's going to go away really fast when that happens. And what you mm-hmm. do into Five Bloods is something where you don't just tell the story about these soldiers who are going back to Vietnam basically to bury their fallen squad leader, but you're telling all history and how basically uh, black soldiers have been treated throughout history. You, it, there's, this movie is filled with ghosts. It's filled with what happened a long time ago, what's happening now and what might happen in the future. Is that in your head when you decide to do it? Yes. You know what, really, it was always there. Yes, another thing I'd like to say, with the passing, or the great Chadwick Boseman. Oh yes. His, his final scene, he comes back as a ghost to, to comfort the person that killed him in friendly fire and take the burden off this tormented character. He says, I forgive you. So watching that film, to me, before Chadwick made his transition from the physical world to a spiritual sense is is his his performance just it just changed knowing that he's no longer with this and i've been real i've been thinking about this peter now we know he was terminally ill i did not know and so if it this, this all conjecture but this is what i think so while he's playing this role and he knows he gets killed by friendly fire and comes back as a ghost to comfort Delroy's character, is he, is that in the back of his mind that this might be my last film and, and, and the role, this particular role I'm playing? I don't ever know, but I've been thinking about that. It's hard not to when you're watching it because we don't, when we're writing about the movie, talk much about that scene because it's giving away something that maybe we shouldn't give away, but now people don't care. Peter, it came out in June. It's June, came out in June. (laughs) Forget it now. Now we can talk about anything that happens. But did he ever talk to you after he saw the movie? Did he talk to you about his feelings about it? 
Netflix arranged uh, sent links to everybody so we could watch it together. And Chadwick was on that Zoom call and he must have had like at least 15 people surrounding him, holding him. And so looking at that, you know, I just felt, well, you know, his lovely family, they're close. Yeah. But no one know now. I know why everybody was holding on to him. So he told me they enjoyed the film very much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a long conversation. And uh, I never, I mean, no, no, no one knew that would be the last time, you know, we would hear from our brother. When you look at that movie now and you watch those scenes, just like you said, you feel something other than what the story is about. But at the same time, it is what the story is about. It kind yes. of is about forgiveness and, and moving on in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. I would and, agree with that. Yeah, you know, when we talk about actors, one of the, you know, one of the awards you are nominated for for your movie that I think is is very justified is the Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Ensemble. You got like what, 15 or 16 actors in there. <laughs> but here's the thing though. We have our bloods, but we got the great French actors. And that's not let's not leave out the great Vietnamese actors too. So our company was exceptional. And the reason why I think maybe that we won that ensemble award, everybody, despite the role you had and the conflicts that that's within the various characters, everybody loved each other. There was so much love on the set. And People were just glad to be there. We're happy to be there on this project. And everybody, despite the heat and all the other stuff we had to face, you know, with the just the environment. And, and, and Peter, we were talking about sports before, the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yeah. But you're a big and, Red Sox fan. Yeah. You want me to come through the <laughs> you want me to come through the Zoom call? <laughs> there is something. Whether it be a, a cast on in, in, in a cast on a Broadway play or film, but also sports, when you have great teams, there is a cohesion where everybody is working together in concert for one goal. Mm-hmm. Let's do the best MF and job we can. Not that I'm gonna have the most stats or mm-hmm. I'm gonna get the most lines. Mm-hmm. Nah. Let's everybody collectively, collectively do what's best for the team, for the uh, Broadway play, the film. That it doesn't happen all the time. I was gonna say it doesn't, it doesn't happen, happen all the time. time. But when it does. It's amazing. 
and you can walk on the set and feel it. You can feel it. I'm interested very much in, in you talking a little about uh, Chadwick and Delroy, you know, Delroy, the, the veteran of doing this and, and the most troubled of the characters right. that, and what he's got. He's, he's got to wear the MAGA hat. He's, <laughs> he he's feeling he didn't get his. He's, he's so troubled by everything that's in his head and in his heart. And how did the two of them work together? Because to me, it's a generational thing that's going on there that's different. And yet they, they're connected by something mysterious that you can't really put down on paper and say, this is what happens. So the best my recollection, <laughs> which is not good, <laughs> I don't think they rehearsed. But it was, I remember this. My great team, my great director of photography, Tom Siegel, he came to me and said, Spike, we need to look for a different location. And we walked around to find a different location. And Tom found this spot and we could see periodically that this golden light will come through the leaves. So as lunch was over, like two heavyweight champions, before they get ready to hear the bell ring, Darrow is off to one side in his zone. Chadwick was off the other side in his zone. And I said, roll cam, no, roll sound, speed, camera, action. And when I call action, <laughs> they are ready because you remember the shot. It begins with Delroy, his character Paul, talking to the lens. And then you see his eyes move, which is a cue for the cam operator to leave Delroy and leave him pan and go up to the trees. And then Pan down where you saw Chadwick in almost like this Greek statue pose. But here's the thing, Peter, on my mother's grave, that light that was shining down on our brother Chadwick was God sent. We had a little fill light, but the light on Chadwick, mm -hmm. that light was heavenly. It was like bathing him in this golden glow <laughs> and I and you know I, I can't act crazy while you know they're acting but in my mind I was going like <laughs> it was it was Delroy was talking about this yesterday it was a blessing it was a gift now I'm not necessarily a religious person but um, I do believe in spirituality. And that, Peter, listen to me. That light, if you remember the scene, that light that was coming down on Chadwick, that was God's heavenly light. God was saying like, here you go, Chadwick. 
Terry, let me give you a little bit of this, this golden dust, this golden light. Here, That's get right. a little bit of taste. God said it. He knew that Spike couldn't do it. You know, it had to come from some <laughs> other place to make that. Hey. Yeah, that's greater than me. <laughs> it, it was some other. I mean, again, I'm, I know I'm laughing, but I'm and and my it was, that really happened. I believe that was God's heavenly light shining down upon our brother. And also, you did something in this movie that I, I particularly love and and admire the the decision making to do it. You let them be themselves, the age they are in the flashback. You didn't do an Irishman on them. You didn't say, I'm going to de-age you. I'm going to put you as you are, as we're watching you in your own past. Where did that come from, that decision? The fact is that Netflix was the last place we can go to. Everybody else said, Spike, we love you, but we're not making this film. And the people didn't said the people didn't say that said we'll make it for a number which they knew and I knew it cannot be made. So going into that, I knew that we would have knew we have to scratch for our budget and anything that would impact the budget would not work. And not just the, the agent. The, the other alternative, Peter, is when people, when directors, producers, studios, cast younger versions of the actors. Right. And that, for me, for me, it doesn't work. And then another thing they do is like, every time somebody speaks, they got to say the character's name so the audience knows who's who. <laughs> And then you had, we had to we had to cast five people to be the younger version of, of themselves, <laughs> and it really came down to this, Peter. I had trust in the intelligence of the movie-going audience that perhaps they might be thrown for loop at the beginning, but they would catch on, and it happened. People, no one has said to me that it didn't work. It worked. You're always going, Spike. I don't know what it is that does it, but you're always going. You're making this movie. You you say to David Byrne, let's do a, a movie version of American Utopia, which is- No, he asked me. He asked okay, me. He asked you, but you said yes. You know? Yeah. you know, I was talking to Andrew Day the other day, and she said- Spike came up to me and he said, uh, who's doing your music video? You know, because <laughs> there you were to volunteer to do that. You, you've got your fingers in a lot of pie. You just keep going. What keeps you going? What is it? Well, I would like to thank you for that compliment. Mm -hmm. First, I'd like to say a lot of my close friends call me Negro Domus. <laughs> <laughs> Like Spike, how you how you be predicting before it happens? <laughs> Go to do the right thing. Gentrification, global warming. I mean, we were talking, and I wrote that in '88. But uh, in all in all in all seriousness, 
I'm doing what I love. And a large part of humankind go to their graves having slaved at a job, mm-hmm. which they didn't hate. I mean, which was they hated. But mm-hmm. people do what they have to do to feed their family, roof on, on it, roof over heads, clothes on backs, food on the table. And when you're able to make a living doing what you love, that's a blessing. For a lot of people, they don't get that blessing. They don't, but you're doing what you love and what you do that you do love is basically to not accept things as they are. You don't do that. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not. No, this movie, The Five Bloods, is basically saying we are so screwed up. We messed this up. These soldiers came home and, you know, they fought for freedom and they they got nothing. They got uh, police brutality. They got racism to face them. And yet it's wonderful to watch those scenes with Delroy Lindo when he's basically saying, I enlisted for this. I did this. I came here to fight for my country to do it. But, but Peter, am I li- at the, let's let be honest, Peter, Ed mm-hmm. did that with glory. Mm-hmm. Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. won Oscar, Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman. Uh, the, the black soldiers felt had the same thing, World War One, World War Two the Korean War, and that's the main thing I wanted to do. I know we have to end, Peter, but the psychology of black soldiers, forget about what war, you can say them all, where the proof that you are patriotic, the proof that you love your country, you go to war to fight for your country because you love your country and your country does not love you back. The fact that you can get that on the screen and you can make a movie that's alive. You know, this this movie isn't a movie that we look at like it's the past. It just seems to be living and breathing in every scene. So I congratulate you on it. You know, to me, you should be winning every award for it that there is. That's all right. I'll be quiet about it. You know, when it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But you had upward upward. Keep it going. I want to got it. You got music in your heart. I can never get you to sing whenever you're here. And yet I can't sing that. That's not true because you you did New York, New York. You did your video about New York. You showed the first responders. You showed this empty city and and what was happening. So I'm not going to ask you to sing. I'm going to ask you to do a couple of lyrics from New York, New York that speak to you, Spike Lee. I want to know that because I know I can't get that voice to sing. Frank Sinatra is going to come out of his grave and whoop my That's <laughs> uh, That I would like to see a movie of. To, to I'm not going to sing it. No, don't sing it. Just speak it. Start spreading the news. It's up now. No, that's the first part. Then we're ending. It's up, to New, it's up to you. New York, New York. The greatest city in the world. All you haters. <laughs> Say what you want, but you know where New York City is. Yeah. And it's it's somewhere up here and it's somewhere in there as well. The heart. The heart. Yeah. I got to tell you, I haven't seen you in a while, but I can't tell you. you what a pleasure it is to get together and talk to you again. And I'll see you on the other side 
The physical other side, not the spiritual other side. <laughs> the physical other side. We'll go to a Red Sox game together. In Yankee Stadium. <laughs> In Yankee Stadium. <laughs> to see the Yankees play the Red Sox. <laughs>